You're listening to The Joy Junkies Show podcast, episode 323. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 323. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. I almost forgot there for a second. <laughs> what episode we were on when I was recording that. Hello, Merlerv. Hello, Merlerv. How you doing? I'm doing really good. I was feeling a little a little squirrely and silly, so we'll see how this episode goes. Well, I am too, so we'll see where it takes us. Uh-oh. This, this might be one of those unruly. We'll just let the squirrels loose. <laughs> Uh-oh. So this is an episode that we do every single year. We kind of reprise mm-hmm. it because it's something that is so perfectly fit with the niche that we talk about on the show all the time and things that you guys are contending with largely during the holidays. And here's what it is. How to not lose your shit with your family this holiday season. Yeah. Mm. It doesn't have to be auto-tuned. You don't have to, you know, put anything fancy around it. You can listen to this podcast every year and get something out of it. That's true. That's you true. Know what I mean? Yeah. And w- a lot of times we are contending with different things each year, Absolutely. depending on if it's an election year yeah. or if you're in a situation where you and your partner are trying to conceive or if you're newly single or – Or if your brother got married and they're going to be bringing that side of the family in or uh, someone died. That's right. You know, there's so many variables. Yeah. So or they're like, having it at somebody else's house. Exactly. That yeah. whole issue of how – do I divide up my time? Mm-hmm. And these mm-hmm. these family members expect me to be there at this particular, you know. And and for me, I've even shifted how I perceive Thanksgiving based off of uh, Indigenous people yeah. and how I feel about Columbus, and why we celebrate, and what we're celebrating. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I have sort of these kind of new agey, you know, <laughs> politically correct, crazy liberal ideas about Thanksgiving that. I'm not exactly sure how that's going to fly with my super uh-huh. conservative family. Well, I think it's Florida. morphed for most people. It's not a day where we're like, let's celebrate Columbus. It's, yeah. it's a day where it's like, let's give thanks. And right. I can get behind that. I can get behind that too. I just – but I, what I'm definitely behind is getting rid of Columbus Day and having it be National Indigenous People's Day. Yeah. Why not? For the record, we support that. So if you've got a petition or some shit, send it our way. Let's do it. All right. But before we jump into all of this, I want to say a couple of things. One, have a pen and paper because these are the types of things that I'm going to be sharing that a lot of you will be listening to while you're driving or while you're cooking and you don't jot it down and then you fall into the same old shitty ass patterns Yeah, and you don't actually make a concerted change. And- that's the deal. Like you have to be able to change these patterns because chances are you've been locked into them for a couple of decades. That's right. You got to keep the change rolling. That's right. 
So before we jump into all of that, I had one other announcement that I wanted to make. I think I mentioned this last week. I can't recall. But my very best friend and myself, her name is Andrea Owen, and she's a fellow life coach. We're going to be starting our own podcast, a little joint project that we're doing starting in January. And it's all about self-help, but it's going to have a comedy edge to it, Mm. a lot more anecdotes and shoot the shit kind of stuff. But what we are doing is answering people's questions, things that they really want advice on or need some help or some guidance or clarity. So if you have something that you've been really struggling with and you would love for us to sound off on it and you'd like to get sort of two different voices, two different opinions, oh, how cool. go to notanotherpod.com and you'll see an opportunity to to share with us what what you've got in mind. So I'm excited about it. I think that it's going to be good. I think it's also exciting just from a viewer or listener perspective. I think so. Of being able to contribute and have other people put their voice on it. I, you know, yeah. Which is kind of cool. It, it's it's really great to see also the things that people are contending with. Obviously, we've always taken show submissions, yeah, yeah. which you can find, by the way, on any of our podcast pages, any episode show notes pages. There's always an opportunity to click, you know, here's where I want to submit a show topic. But I just love the idea of it. And you and I, I think, do a good job of it here, too. Just not taking personal development so damn seriously. Yeah. You know, there's a way to have sort of a lightness and a funniness about it. And I, I think it also takes into account that just because you're into personal development or being a better person doesn't mean you're not you don't find farts totally hilarious or you cuss like a sailor. I might fart right now. I might fart right. Or just enjoy whiskey or, you know, I think we can kind of cater to multiple areas of who we are. So sure. anyway, notanotherpod.com. That will link will also be in the show notes. But I think you've got a, a good one up your sleeve today for your segment, huh? Yeah, it's it's out of the sleeve already. Oh, it is? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't I, I didn't see that snake so coming on ways. out. <laughs> you can take that so many ways. Uh, this we have one, explicit it, content for a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's out of the sleeve. So we have a segment that we like to call. <laughs> Would you rather? <laughs> and the reason we call that is because we actually do a Would You Rather. So <laughs> I'm still laughing it out of the sleeve. Yeah. It's already out of the sleeve. This one is very poignant for today's conversation would you rather be able to change three incidents in your past Hmm. or three incidents in your future wow that is a really good one this is really fascinating because i think it it is 100 percent about regret it's yeah do i anticipate i'm going to regret shit in the future or do i have some massive regrets that are haunting me i have i have often said that regret is one of the most challenging human emotions that we feel for sure because there's you're just fucking powerless you just Mm -hmm. give into it and you say you know i made all these mistakes and the antidote really is self-forgiveness which is a challenge so here (laughs) i way to get coaching i'm sorry i can't (laughs) sorry this is not that segment okay what I, I I'm trying to think like what what I, there are certain things that I regret not doing, but I don't have anything in my past that I'm like I wish I wouldn't have done that. Like I don't have a ton of like I'm thinking of one incident where I I made this T-shirt about my boyfriend and I wore it around high school and it was so embarrassing <laughs> and I got totally ridiculed about it and so that I'd probably take that, but I don't have. 
any like, wow, I would have handled this relationship differently or. Oh, yeah, I do. I don't do have, you? I don't, it's not necessarily about regret, though. I miss my mom incredibly. Oh. So if I could change that incident, um, I, 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 you know, I think about it. I'm like, would that be selfish? You know, is her passing more important to her than it is to me? You know, but she seemed ready to go. She did. She did. But. Um, things like that. So, so right? the, the so question, not, but, I, it, you know, just a, wearing a t-shirt in high school, like, let's think a little bit broader. Don't be little Mike. <laughs> that was very traumatic. <laughs> I got totally They're ridiculed. Obviously still traumatized. Bullying is no joke. Yeah. But wait yeah. a minute. So it's, ch- what was the question again? What was the, Change about? three incidents in your past or three in- incidents in your future. Oh, okay. So thank you for mansplaining. That I needed you asked to me to mansplain. <laughs> think broader. So. Yeah. So <laughs> actually, well, so I could just change any incident. It was not necessarily something that I did that I regret. Regret. Right. That's interesting that that's exactly where I went first. So things that I, okay. <sighs> but then. <laughs> Opened up a whole new can of thoughts. I know, man, that's tough. Well, what would you pick? I think it's easier for me to look back and go, I would like to change that instead of going "Mm, in the future, I'm going to be doing that. So I'd like to make that this. Right. You know what I mean? It's hard to future trip. Right. Like, oh, uh, there would be things like, um, well, I, you know, I have heart attacks in my family. So I'd like to Mm. take my future incident of heart attack. Right. Yeah. There's a large portion of cancer in my family portion of people with cancer in my family. Right. I'd like to, you know, use my incident to not get cancer. Hmm. Right? So you could use it in those ways. So the future one is a little bit harder because you're planning for something that may or may not happen. And I also kind of feel like with where you and I are in our lives and what we've focused on over the last decade, we were so much more intentional about what we're creating for our life. Absolutely. And so yeah. I uh, – I think I would, because now that you mentioned that, it's like I would love for my dad to have seen this house. Yeah. You know, or that, see where we are with our lives today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but is that, that's what I'm saying, is, is that selfish on our parts? Probably. Right? Probably. Because what would his life be like with 10 more years, 12 more years of, of life? Yeah. And that's that's also an interesting little loophole is like, do we get to change Things only related to ourself or that's, like that's that. That's why it says your okay. incidents in you, for you. But right? okay. Yeah. It's, I, you couldn't go, well, it, okay. So that opens up a whole other thing. Like you could change political outcomes. Um, exactly. You know, deaths throughout the, in the world, whatever. Right. I could think I'm of saying, definitely one political outcome I would love to change. <laughs> I actually disagree with that. I think it was a good thing in Uh-oh. the sense that. It lit a fire under it, a lot of shit. It lit fires and woke people. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's yeah, kind of cyclical. Happens, right? That yeah, kind of happens absolutely. over and over again. Anyway, anyway. all right. So we, <laughs> long would you rather? That's a long would. Yeah. Shit. We're already eleven minutes in. Okay. So we should probably talk about dealing with your family over the holidays. How does that for a segue? Yeah. But I will say this. We do talk about our would you rathers every single Monday over in our after hours community. All you have to do is go to the joyjunkie.com slash club. It redirects you right over to our little corner of Facebook. And it's an amazing group of, of people and camaraderie and new people join every single week. And I've never had to kick anybody out. Like everyone's yeah. so respectful and not trying to sell their shit or anything crazy like that. 
I am just really grateful. I th- I tell them all the time, like, I'm so grateful. I have the best Facebook yeah, group yeah. ever. You do. So thejoyjunkie.com slash club, come hang out with us. Now let's get into dealing with the holidays, all right? The first thing that you've got to do is gear up. So this is sort of the opposite of being taken by surprise. A lot of times we have an idea of what our family is going to say or what our our uncle always brings up this or our mom always tries to guilt trip us about mm-hmm. that. But we don't really forecast much beyond that. We just think about how infuriating that behavior is. Okay. And we just kind of sit in our complaint or in our bitchiness and we're just like <laughs> – Ugh, I know my dad's going to do this, or I know my brother's going to ask me for money, or I, uh, uh, and we don't think about, okay, well, what would you do in those circumstances? What have you done in the past mm-hmm. that maybe wasn't futile or, or that was futile that you need to become more productive around? So here's what I suggest so that you don't get taken by surprise. I want you to do a journaling exercise. Look into super probable circumstances, situations, or things that you're going to have to deal with, whether it's statements from your mother-in-law about when are we when are we going to get grandkids? <laughs> like, I know I'm going to hear that. That might or, be one of the incidents you pick. Exactly. <laughs> and the would you rather. That's right. I'm going to take that right on out. Yeah. But there are oftentimes things that we can kind of forecast. But again, like I said, we usually get locked into how pissed we are at that. And we don't think about the solution. We don't think about, okay, if that were to happen, how do I want to conduct myself? So the first piece is, and you can kind of jot this down on a a piece of paper and put two columns. So in the left-hand side, think about any foreseeable scenario, phrases, things people might say to you, awkward conversations, anything you can think about. That you might even give you anxiety or give you a little trepidation or you kind of dread it every single year or you don't have something to say every single year. Mm -hmm. Write that down in the left-hand column. And then on the right side, I want you to ask yourself the question of how do I want to respond? Okay. What do I want to say in response to that? And Mm. we have gone over numerous podcast where we talked about specific ways to decline invites or to say that that's offensive to me or, you know, mm-hmm. I'll put some links in the show notes, but decide on what is it that I want to say and then what's a nice way to say it. So people will ask me all the time, like, how do I tell, how do I tell this client that I don't want to work with them, you know, oh, or yeah. how do I tell them to fuck off? <laughs> and I'm like, well, first of all, if you don't say that and you don't lie But you can say something like, unfortunately, I don't feel at peace with how the relationship is going, and I've made the decision that I think it's best if we part ways, right? So you can always start with, here's what I want to say. Now, how's a night? What's a nice way to say it? Or how would I want to hear it? Yeah. If somebody was telling me that I was really offensive, how would I want to hear it? Something like, hey, you know, I'm I'm sure this isn't your intention, but to be quite honest, I kind of find that offensive. I'd appreciate it if you didn't say something like that around me. Yeah. Or, you know what? This sounds like this conversation is something that I don't feel entirely comfortable with. I'm just going to politely excuse myself. Things like that where you start going, okay, here's what I want to say. Now, what's a nice way to say it? Because that allows you to be heard. We've talked about this a lot with regards to communication. When you fly off the handle, and again, fuck off. It, 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 right. 
especially if you are a woman, especially if you're a woman of color. It is extremely easy for you to be written off like that. Well, she's just fucking crazy. Well, she's just bitchy. Well, she's just too sensitive. Well, she's just overdramatic. Well, she's just that we don't ever, typically it's not, well, let me stop and look at what my error is and what I said. If somebody is responsive in a really abrupt adversarial way, we, no matter what, it's easy for us to write them off. Like you're just being nasty. You're being this. Right. So if you don't want to be dismissed, start thinking about how could I deliver that in a really kind way. The second question to ask yourself around gearing up. Okay. So this is still, we're still under number one, but this is the second piece. Is, one A and one B. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly what I have on here. Oh yeah. There you go. It's not even an asterisk. It is an A and a B. So B <laughs> is what do I need to do and say or be to be proud of myself? Hmm. And this is something that I like to do a little future trip exercise where I think, okay, if I'm going to be with my family on Thanksgiving, which is always a Thursday here in the U.S., come Friday morning, how do I want to feel about the woman that I was? What would I want to say about her? Like if I could view her on a movie screen engaging with her family, how would I want to describe that woman? Would I want to describe her as confident or you know, cowering and embarrassed or what I want to say she's assertive or she's kind or what are those descriptors that you might want to attach to? So that's number one. You've got to gear up. You've got to prep yourself, not just for what you think is going to happen, but how you want to respond to those things in a way that you are proud, not yeah. in a way that's specifically designed to get a response. Again, we can never, ever, ever control anybody else, but we always can control how we're showing up and how we're behaving. And it's hard. So I'm not going to say for one second that it's easy to keep your cool when somebody says something offensive. Yeah, It's one of the greatest challenges of my life has been to learn <laughs> this work and teach this work. Yeah. All right. Number two, decide on your clear boundaries. Now, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of places to start looking. Are there boundaries that you need to establish with church? For example, a lot of times during church or, or with church or spiritual centers or things like that, they need a lot of help or people to bring food or things like that. If you are somebody who has a compassionate heart, a lot of times we will overextend ourselves because everyone's looking for some help. Everyone needs donations or they need help. With and we want to give because we have such a... a giving heart, right? Yeah. But you have to recognize that you cannot continue to give if you are empty. Got to give your heart's overspill. That's right. Your financial overspill, whatever. Exactly. The uh, The other piece of this is, you know, for, for me, there's boundaries about church that that's not something that I subscribe to. And I applaud anyone who wants to go and honor their own spirituality, but it's not something I'm willing to go to, mm -hmm. right? Uh, unless it is something that's incredibly... Uh, more of like a spiritual center, you know, or universal Unitarianism or something like that, where I could get behind the doctrine. But there might be boundaries there, you know, where you might be exploring your spirituality and your family just expects that you go to mass. And you're like, I don't, I don't agree with that anymore, right. or however it might show up for you. Okay. So look, look around boundaries around that. Look around uh, timing. Things that you, how you want to spend your time and energy. So, are there again people even outside of churches, or it could be schools, your ch your kids' schools, your workplace? Are there demands on your time that you aren't really being vigilant about 
where you're saying what you're saying yes to. Okay. Okay. Travel boundaries around travel. This is huge for me. Yeah. This is something that I think really affects uh, adult children who are not partnered. And if you have siblings who are partnered, this is definitely a uh, generalization, but I've heard it many, many times where it's like, well, my sister has like four kids, so she just expects me to come to her. Mm -hmm. Or my mom and my sister live close, so they just expect me to go there. Or since I don't have a husband or a wife or children, they just expect me to fly to them or whatever it might be. And certainly there's some rationale there, but that doesn't mean it's fair. It doesn't mean that's going to work for you. And it also doesn't mean that you need to say yes to that year after year after year. And this is something that you and I have gotten a lot more vigilant about because we had so many different parts of our family that, and they were scattered. So it was us just like trekking along all of California, meeting people in all these different areas. And we were fucking exhausted. Right. Yeah. It wore us out for sure. So that was something that we had to get a little bit more stringent about. I thought moving across the country would so- solve that shit. Yeah. <laughs> and now, now they want us to fly everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, but we have to be, we have to really put our foot down about that. So this year we decided that we were going to go visit my mom in Florida. And that meant that we had to say no to some of your family who we saw last year. Yeah. It, it, this is not about bending yourself and twisting and contorting in all different ways to make everybody else happy. This is your holiday too. Yeah. Right. There's a reason why people get massive anxiety around the holiday because they're so freaked out about all these obligations. It really doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. But it takes a decision on your behalf to make what you want just as important as what everybody else wants. I think also for me personally, I feel like it's a, it's a energy level. Yeah. So if I feel myself, you know, getting ramped up in my energy, you get into this like frenzied state mm-hmm. of holiday. Yes. Um, that's not what the holidays are about to me. That's not what the holiday season is meant for. Right. It's meant for us to get around people that we love. Connect. Um, to connect. Be present. To be present. Give presents that, you know, make us feel good and make the loved ones that we're around feel good. Um, you know, to me, that's what it's about. And if you get out of that feeling, then your energy level isn't conducive. It's, it's not right. connected to where you want to be. So I'm always looking for what's my frequency. Yep. And how do I get my frequency where I feel like I'm in a holiday mood, not yes. in a holiday frenzy. Yes. And that actually is going to come, come in with number five. So, mm, so I'm, I too early. I'm definitely going to circle back. I know you, you can't, you can't read all of the minds. I apologize. Right. Right. So, okay. A couple other places to look at boundaries, effort, amount of effort. This I see a lot where it's one family, maybe your siblings, like they never put much effort into the gift exchange or they're, they're never really willing to bring any food. And if they do, they just grab a pie and they don't make it, you know, or something like that when somebody else is putting in a shit ton of effort. Now, being somebody who's a recovered perfectionist, I can also tell you that you don't have to go all fucking out all the time. You don't have to 
bake yeah. everything from scratch or cook everything from scratch. Yeah. Sometimes we hold on to these ideas that are really novel and really romantic, but they end up stealing your fucking joy. Mm-hmm. So if you have time to bake 500 cookies from scratch <laughs> with, you know, full-on decorations and all that, great. But if that's going to send you into that frenzied place, that's not the best decision for you, my friend. And then if it also amplifies your frustration with your brother who just rolls in with, like, a bag of salad and puts it together real quick. <laughs> do, you see, do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> Everybody in the world just went, I got that brother. I, I have got that, that uncle. I, I have <laughs> that person. Yeah. Everybody just went, oh, that's Uncle Mike or, you know, whatever. Exactly. We're rolling in with that bag of salad. <laughs> just let me tear open these croots real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag tear open the croots. Tear open the croots. So amount of effort. And something that I I really nailed down quite a few years ago was that I wanted to only be in relationship where there was reciprocal effort, no matter what it was, in my marriage, with business partnerships, with my clients, with my best friends, with family. I don't want any longer to have an an unmatching of effort. That, to me, is just a waste of my time. If that person isn't as invested, then this is just... What what are we doing? I'm spinning yeah. my wheels, hoping that they'll meet my effort. Now, that does not always mean that the effort looks exactly the same. Somebody might provide their home, their space. Somebody else might provide food. Somebody else might be willing to do more of the travel. I'm just talking about elements of effort. So even like with my my students, they have to put an amount of effort into the work and I have to put an amount of effort into the teaching mm-hmm. that it's reciprocal. It's different types of effort. Sure. But it's matching. So look at that as far as boundaries. Look at leaving early. Is there anything that you're like, I'm willing to show up, but for an hour max? Are there consequences? Like if baptism is brought up again, or if grandkids are brought up again, I'm going to have to say this, or I'm going to leave. Mm -hmm. Or do I need to say something ahead of time before we even go? So that it's a real clear understanding that hey, I'm sure this is not something that you expect is driving me away, but I want you to know that that's really hard for me to hear every time you say that. My request is that you don't say or bring up anything related to grandchildren. Boundaries. You're fully allowed to talk about it all you want with your friends or with dad or with whoever. But what I'm requesting for my own sanity, you know, Please, right? So saying something yeah. like that. Uh, gift parameters. This is another place to look for boundaries. That's a big one, yeah. This has been something for us where people kind of like, are you still not doing gifts or, you know? And I feel like now everybody's gotten a little bit more on board with it. Yeah, At yeah. first they were kind of like, what? But at the time of the election, we had decided, you know, one of the things that we can do is give money to charity for the holiday season instead of Instead of buying superfluous gifts, you know, because really when a push came to shove, nobody in our family was in need. You know, we have quite the privileged life, and I would rather give that to organizations – what would you rather – that could (laughs) – that could really benefit from that. Now, that being said, there is nothing wrong with gift exchange. There's nothing wrong with wealth. There's nothing wrong with riches. Like, So please don't take that as a, oh, look at us. We're amazing. What I really want to underline is we had a boundary. We established it and we 
reinforce it. We live by it, yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. All right, cool. So number one, gear up. Number two, decide on those clear boundaries. Number three, this is huge. Know that you do not have to engage in any conversations that you don't want to. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's navigate this one. Yes. Here's what happens. A couple of things happen. One thing to be aware of is when people have not seen you, we have go-to topics that we just Uh feel like we need to say. We talk about work. If we know somebody's a student, we want to ask them about school. If they just got married, we want to ask them if they're going to have babies. Who knows if they're having massive infertility issues or if that's a sore spot or if they don't want kids and they're in a family that comes, you know, is all about having big, huge families and it's just not a desire of their heart. You just you have never know what's going on with people or if somebody just changed jobs. When we don't know somebody intimately and we're just doing sort of these ceremonial get togethers that we all do every single year. We have these go-to topics. So a lot of times people are not coming at you from a malicious way. Right. It's just that they don't know any other, anything else to talk about. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind, all right? On both sides. On both sides. Right? Yep. When people ask you a question, they're just trying to have connect. conversation. Most of the time they're just trying to connect. Right. Or it's awkward, yeah. you know, and they, they don't really know you. And they, they're like, well, I see you every year at this little cookout, right. but I don't know what's really going whatever or my uh, my brother told me you just went through a divorce how's that you know we just (laughs) people are socially awkward not everybody has those skills and sometimes everyone is you know dealing with their own demons too and maybe they don't want to be there they'd much rather be watching fucking rose parade or whatever's on um or macy's day parade i don't remember what's first i don't yeah doesn't matter some fucking parade they'd rather watch it (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so that's one thing to know. The other thing is when we are asked a question, we automatically feel compelled to give an answer. But just because a question comes at you doesn't mean you have to answer it. Hmm. And there are really graceful ways to navigate that. So here are a couple of common things that people want to discuss when you – and sometimes you're like, I don't want to talk about that. A miscarriage. If you recently had a miscarriage, they want to know how you're doing Mm. or, you know, if you're trying again or things like that. Uh, Relationships ending or starting, having babies, going through divorces, if you've left school or made a different decision, jobs, things being really challenging with your job or not. So here's the deal. I would assume positive intent. I would assume that they're either just trying to make small talk or they're trying to connect with you in some way. And then the second piece is know that you don't have to entertain any conversation you don't want. So it might sound something like this. To be really honest with you, that was a really, really challenging event in my life, and I'm not fully ready to talk about it. I hope you can understand. That's completely fair. Completely fair. But you know what that is? It's fucking vulnerable. It's vulnerable to say, here's the state I'm in, and I'm not ready to talk about it. And we just don't have those that language and the, those words. We just get awkward and like, uh, yeah. Or I was gonna we say, what do people normally say to that? Or we snap back. Yeah. You know, sometimes we're usually we either usually fight, flight, or freeze. You know, sure. we get combative. Like, oh well, thanks for bringing that up. Mm. That wasn't hard at all. Or we're like, excuse me, real quick, and just leave. Or we just completely Change freeze and it gets awkward, right? So 
just know that that could be your go-to. It doesn't matter if it's divorce, it doesn't matter if it's having babies, if it's a job change, if it's something you don't want to talk about. Now, if you're comfortable, knock yourself out. I'm pretty much always comfortable talking about damn near everything. Sure. Not everybody is. I think my go-to would have been to, um, let, let's say that, you know, we had something happen. We were trying to have kids, miscarriage. Yep. Somebody comes up to me and says, oh, how, you know, sorry about the miscarriage. How's she doing? I'd be like, um, how about those Dodgers? You know, like I just like, if it wasn't a topic I was interested in, I'd, I'd divert. I'd be like, you know, what, let's talk about your dead mom. You know, or you know, right. I, I, would, <laughs> I, I would try to, you know, be passive. I don't know if that's passive aggressive, but I would try to switch it. Right. You know, so I like these because it gives you a much more straightforward way to approach it. Well, again, if you go back to this idea of assuming positive intent, they probably genuinely want to make sure you're okay. Absolutely. And sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're malicious as all hell. You know, who knows? But let's just assume they're either trying to just make small talk or they're being kind. I don't know what else to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Or that they genuinely care. They genuinely care. Yeah. And, you know, you can say, you can even acknowledge you can even say that, right? feeling awkward. Yeah. You can say, you know what? I really thought about how I was going to even answer this, being asked this. And I'm sure it comes from genuine concern. Right. But for me, I'm just not ready to talk about it. And you can always verbally say that you assume positive intent. Right. Like, That's what I'm saying. I so appreciate you asking or – I'm sure your intention is totally to be supportive. Yeah, yeah. I'm not quite ready to discuss it. Just saying I'm not quite ready to discuss it, I hope you can understand. I'm not quite ready to discuss it, I hope you can understand. Yeah. That, like over and over, like that's very easy. And and it's kind. And then, then it's the perfect opportunity to ask them about them. Right. Like, hey, did you catch that game the other night? I was exactly. thinking of you because I know yeah. they're your team. Right. Or, hey, so I heard you did get your dream job. How's that going? You know, or turning it around. Because, again, when you ask questions, people think they have to answer. They don't always have to. But, again, it's can I switch that? But don't switch the topic until you've acknowledged, hey, I'm not quite ready to discuss that. (laughs) What if you switch the topic and then they were like, yeah, I uh, lost that job, so I'm really not really ready to talk about that. Then you can go, (laughs) oh, my gosh, check us out being in the same situation. So Uh, what – so what would be fun to talk about that has no emotional weight? Right. You know, something like that. Yeah. And you can make a joke about it. Like, look at us. And then you actually start connecting. Exactly. Because yeah. you're both being vulnerable and you're being honest about where you're at. All right. So we got number three, know that you do not have to engage in any conversations you don't want to. Number four, become a fierce guardian of your time and energy. This is very much tied to the boundaries. Okay. This is where I want you to be really vigilant about other people's frenzied energy like you were talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, when my energy gets – is that the word you said, frenzied? Yeah. When other people are in a frenzied state, they come to you like what they are doing or needing from you is incredibly urgent. Mm -hmm. And when we – when that information is wrapped in a package of urgency, we receive it with urgency and we automatically assume that we must also – cater to that. So if somebody, for instance, is like, oh my God, the little girl who was playing Mary in our nativity scene, she got sick and now we need a new Mary. Can your daughter come and play? And blah, blah, blah. And and, and when you hear that and when you get that voicemail or- Let me see if I can do what, yeah, let's let's get this done. And then you stop and think like, wait a minute. First of all, my daughter hates being the center of attention. She would rather pull her own teeth out. 
we don't believe in the Bible. No, I'm just kidding. Like, you know, I'm assuming you go to the church. But in situations like that, you're thinking you want to mirror at that. And that's human. We naturally want to mirror that energy. So I want you to be really cognizant of, is this my priority or is this somebody else's priority? Right. It's kind of a, not my monkey, not my circus, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Another way that you can be kind of a fierce guardian of your time and energy is to limit how much time you are around certain people. And this can be like at a holiday function, this could be a boundary of we can only stay for an hour. This could be we're happy to spend time with you, but we need you to come to our place this year. You have to be really vigilant about who you do and don't want to be around. I know for many people's families, there's somebody who abuses substances. And being around somebody when they're incredibly inebriated or intoxicated or using is detrimental to your own health or possibly your own sobriety. That's right. Uncle Mike, stay at home with your bag of croots. <laughs> we don't need your stinking croots. <laughs> open my... that bag of croots at home. <laughs> Tear open that bag. Of Tear croots. open that bag of croots. <laughs> oh, my gosh. From now on, we are only calling them croots. Yes. It has. From here on out. Right. No crouton to be found. <laughs> Fucking Uncle Mike with his bag of croots. <laughs> Neither one of us have an Uncle Mike, Neither by the way. Neither one of us. <laughs> That's why it's so great. That's why we're so good at what we do. Just riffing. So (laughs) limit how much time you spend around certain people. This can also be organizations that you're involved with and uh, work functions. If it is optional and it really is, they mean it's optional, not you're going to be penalized and you don't want to go, don't fucking go. If, If it's Things that you don't want to do or don't want to participate in, really check yourself. Is this somebody else's priority or is this my priority? Because no one else is going to guard your energy the way you need to. Yeah. And this also goes for if you need to tolerate. So there's many situations where we need to tolerate. For example, in-laws. You know your partner really wants to go see their family, but they've got this one family member that you just have to get through the holiday. You just have to tolerate it. So there's there's a couple of things you can do, but really limit how much you're around them. Find other people to be in conversation with. Don't sit next to them. Try to be, uh, you know, not near them when they're at the punch bowl or whatever. Do everything in your everything you can. Go for a walk. Get some fresh air. I just need to step out for a second. Another thing that is a huge, huge, huge benefit uh, to the holidays, and I totally forgot to put this on here, but it's called Dysfunctional Family Bingo. Oh, my gosh. That's so fun. This was introduced to me by a, a colleague of mine, and I'm pretty sure she got it from somewhere else. I don't think she created it. But you can do it with workplace. You can do it with anything. And basically, you create a bingo card of all of the things you anticipate your family will say. And it's great if you can have like a sister in on it with you or somebody who is also tolerating the event and you just need to get through it. And maybe it's like, okay, every time Uncle Mike opens that bag of croots, (laughs) he rolls in with that bag of salad. Uncle Mike brings a bag of croots. Check that box. Uncle Mike is totally loaded and makes poor decisions. Check it off. Or every time my brother asks me for money, every time mom mentions grandkids, every time, you know, whatever. And you create your own bingo card. So it's great if you have an ally in the family. Yeah. You can do your own too, but it's nice to have an ally, somebody you're playing with. And if you can create a reward system, like whoever gets to bingo first. So what that does, what the whole point of that is that 
you take the insidious behavior that would normally send you into an emotional state of frustration and irritability, and it changes it into when Mike rolls in with that bag of crutes, you go like, oh my God, I just got a bingo square. Yes. And you change your emotional response. You get a dopamine release. Exactly. So instead of being like, you're like, oh my God. I just got to square. And I've done this with my brothers. I've had uh, clients who've done it, you know, dealing with weddings that they're going to with the family and they've gotten in on it with a sister and so that you can deal with your parents. And (laughs) it's really, really fun. And there's some cool apps too. We we found an app. We did one for the July 4th one year. We did. It wasn't, it wasn't a dysfunctional anything, but it was a bunch of Fourth of July things that we thought would be highly right. probable to see yeah, at the yeah, beach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you could always create something like that to to shift your energy if it's something where you're kind of – you're stuck. You don't have any other option. And you have to be really clear that you really don't because most of the time we do have some sort of say. And then finally, really limit what you say yes to. That's another piece of being that fierce guardian of your time and energy. Don't say yes to shit you don't want to do. If you say yes – and it's been within the same day, the same hour, same couple of hours, go back and say, I think I said yes a little too preemptively. Like you can go take it back. Don't okay. wait until it's like the night of the fucking pageant and your new little Mary is supposed to go play in the, be in the show and change your mind then. Not, I'm not saying that. If you made a commitment, you made a commitment. But it's always okay to say, I think I said yes a little too soon. I need to take that back. I don't want to let you down. And I don't think that I'm going to be able to come through for you the way you need to. Or being really candid about where you're at emotionally. I honestly don't think I could take on one more thing. And I should not have said yes. And apologize. I'm really sorry that I said yes. I think I I think I think was excited to be there for you. And I, I honestly just don't think I can do it. Yeah, Something like that. All right. And then finally, number five, load up on self-care and allies. Schedule sessions with your healers, with your coaches, with your therapist, with your massage therapist, uh, chiropractors. Do whatever you need to do so that you have scheduled in downtime so that you're not in that amplified frenzied energy all the time. So this is kind of what you were talking about. Plan get-togethers with your friends. Plan holiday things. We like to call them Smith's Tradits, Smith Traditions, basically, that we love. We always go look at lights, you know, one one day during the holiday and drive around and have a good time. We also love those holiday claymations. Yeah. And we'll do a night where we just watch holiday claymations. We have a whole home decorating for Christmas Smith's Tradits. You know, that we make our own little brandy and eggnog or, you know, like a whiskey drink or something like that. And then we decorate. And so we schedule in things that are not the obligatory dealing with family, but the things that really are, like you were saying, this is what holiday means to us. Yeah. This could also be volunteering. You know, this could be uh, philanthropic. It could be stuff that you want to do for the less fortunate. And that could be something that really is meaningful for you. So load up on things that our self-care, and being with the people that you genuinely love and care about. And then, you guys, schedule in downtime, alone time, recharge time. It's a lot harder to find during this time of year. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, it's, it makes it more important, even more important. We'll do another show about just dealing with the stress of holiday. Mm. Uh, this one I really wanted to target specifically sort of the familial issues that we tend to all battle. But here's what you got. Number one, gear up 
You got to prepare for these events as best as you can. Number two, decide on your clear boundaries and be willing to enforce them and deliver them. Number three, know that you do not have to engage in any conversations that you don't want to. Number four, become a fierce guardian of your time and energy. And finally, number five, load up on self-care and call in those allies. And I will say this too, this is something that we discuss a lot in Deep Down and Dirty, which is my signature program. I was going to say there's some allies right there. Oh my gosh. And it's always awesome to have the group going over the holidays because we are always contending with this stuff. And they'll say, Amy, here's what happens with my uncle Mike. Tell me what to say. (laughs) (laughs) And But a huge piece of this, of all of these things, the reason why I can kind of stand in this stuff is because I've practiced this for many, many years, but also because I actually believe in myself. I'm actually confident. And that's one of the things that I find is the most challenging for people is it's not just about learning how to speak up for yourself. It's learning that what you want fucking matters. Mm-hmm. That you matter, that how you want to spend your time and energy matters, that just because you're single doesn't mean you want to go traipse across the U.S. because your sister has five kids, you know, that those decisions to be boundaried or to take a firm stand or to deliver, a, you know, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to go to the church service with you this year. I truly hope you can understand to actually tell your family to get those words out. You don't say that kind of shit unless you actually value yourself. Mm. And so that's kind of how I describe deep down and dirty is it's this idea that we first need to dismantle all the shit that's getting in your way. We need you to actually believe that you are enough, that you are worthy, that you are fucking valuable. And now that you know that. Now, how do you communicate that with the outside world? Now, how does that influence your relationships and saying no and boundaries and tough conversations? So if you're interested in digging deeper and you're going, you know, I love this idea, but I don't know if I truly am anchored in, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. It's sort of a a five-step process that I've seen and that I use continuously throughout Deep Down and Dirty that gets people to that place of total enoughness and believing in their own voice and believing that they matter. That's awesome. So you can get kind of a snapshot of what Deep Down and Dirty is all about. You'll learn a ton of stuff. Make sure you have a pen and paper. And then at the end, you'll see an opportunity to talk with one of my team members and see if if Deep Down and Dirty is, is right for you and what you are up against, what you need to remedy that, you know, because they're really, really skilled at saying, oh, here's why you're having so many issues at work, mm-hmm. or here's what is is stopping you from growing this business or from losing all that weight, you want, you know, whatever your issue is. Almost always it comes back to your relationship with yourself. So start at thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. You'll learn a ton of shit. Anything else you wanted to throw in the mix? No, I don't think so. All right. No, I'm good. Thank you for Great everything. topic as always. Thank you. I love doing these because I think holiday is, oh my gosh, the time to own your voice in a lot of ways, for but sure. to really, truly do it with grace and kindness. You don't have to be an asshole. And then feeling that refreshing, light feeling after you've done it. That's right. Right. That's so, uh, it's hard to get through it. It's hard to say these things. It's hard to set those boundaries. It's difficult to make these, to say these things to people. But once you do, it's like, oh, God, I can't believe I finally did that. I felt good. And you start to realize what you're capable of. Right. You're like, I never would have thought I could have done that. Yeah. And sometimes it's a dual emotion of like so proud of yourself, but then also really disappointed in the other person's response. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there's sometimes that. that happens. You don't sure. always get 
the desired response. Absolutely. But you almost always have that pride of, I'm so proud of how I showed up. Yeah. And that is priceless. All right, my friends, we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Ms. Smith, out. Mm-hmm.